Hello and welcome to Homework, a podcast by and for people who work from home. Episode 243 with special guest Patrick Rohn and with your hosts, Dave Kahlo and me, Harry Marks. Today's episode is sponsored by Bottomless. Hello, Dave. Hey, Harry, how you doing? I'm good. On the last episode, I was listening back through as I was editing and, and you, you greet, you know, hi, Harry. And I go, hi, Dave. And I sounded like <laughs> how? And so I figured I'd do the same thing this time. Oh, nice. Uh, well, don't ask. I won't ask you about the pod bay doors then, because I know how that goes. I'm sorry, Dave. <laughs> I can't do that. Oh, gosh. Well, uh, here, the count's out of the bag. <laughs> uh, back on the show for, the, well, since we went four years between episodes, um, it's been quite a while since Patrick has been here. But Patrick is back on the show. Patrick Roan, welcome Hello. back to Homework. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. It is an honor and pleasure to be here. We were chatting a little bit before the show, uh, which was a lot of fun. Um, I was trying to remember, Patrick, what we talked about last time you were here. And, of course, I was too lazy to look it up. So, <laughs> so you expect me to remember. Well, I was going to say, uh, I think the archives are lost. So if there is any um, uh, longtime listener out there who might remember what we talked about with Patrick last time, please let us know. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great because I have zero idea. <laughs> me too. Honestly, it's funny how... Since February, I've been able to—I've been unable to remember day to day. So there's no right. way even I—and I was listening back then. So there's no way I'd, I'd ever be able to remember. Well, and as anyone who knows who's ever a listened to a podcast with me, or b done a podcast with me, or c even just knows me, uh, in, you know, in real life, or has ever had a conversation with me, it could have been about literally anything. It could have started <laughs> as one subject right. and ended up in a completely different one. Yep. So um, I'm, I'm kind that's of that's the charm, that Patrick. Way. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, but that's one word for it. Um, so I'll take it. <laughs> 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 oh, so well, why the heck did you invite me on talk. this one? Where are we where are we talking about? Well, <laughs> this week we are just talking about the work that we all do. I uh, really no specific uh, topic. We'll just talk a little bit about um, what you've been doing, um, how you're working in uh, these COVID forward times. I want to hear about and all, all the, of that good stuff. I want to hear about the the home renovations you've been doing. Um, oh my god! I've been following you on that on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, so I'm really interested in, in right. those projects you've been working on, too. Yeah, I also uh, I've been keeping track of some of that stuff on a blog called uh, Woe to Wow, uh, W-H-O-A-T-O-W-O-W, uh, Woe to Wow. We'll put a link com. in the show notes. Because yes, uh, that's, that's, that's the goal is to take things from Woe to Wow. Um, <laughs> so you yeah. have your own uh, HGTV show soon. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Um, and, and I've got many contacts in that area. Actually, Nicole Curtis, who does a rehab addict, oh. uh, she, she and my wife are friends. So, so, uh, I do, I do have, uh, I do have contacts. Uh, in I that, smell that a Netflix show. deal. Oh, heck no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, uh, true story. We've actually been on a home improvement show my wife and i oh um, which one called called bath tastic it's a show that used to run on the diy network mm -hmm. and it was you know the host would come in and help homeowners with their uh with their bathroom renovations huh. and our episode is called bath to the future excellent <laughs> and if you google you know 
Bath to the Future, Bathtastic, you will f- still find it available for streaming online. It's a Everyone go watch that and get a look at Patrick's bathroom. It, it, yes, yes. See me uh, about maybe uh, 10 years younger, 20, 12 years younger. Um, uh, but yeah, it, it's... Uh, it's it's pretty cheesy. It's as cheesy as you would imagine. Uh, <laughs> that's really felt beautiful, though. I bet. That's what I need. Well, I've got I've got this Mamie Eisenhower pink bathroom upstairs that is just absolutely atrocious. We had the floor oh. redone because the toilet had leaked for years and was eroding the the wood underneath. Yeah, um, yeah. But exactly. we so the floors are redone. But we've got like a one of those bath fitters over the tub. That's the caulk has come loose, and we don't even use it except you know just to go to the bathroom. Um, the right. sink needs to be replaced. It's an absolute trash heap, but I, I would love to get that oh. redone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you should go look at that episode and yep. maybe uh, maybe contact DIY Network. I need someone to make it bathtastic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I- I'm sure there's a format here. We're, once again, I've got managed to get everybody off track. This is what I do. <laughs> well, we usually start well, off think- with um, with our tools of the the week. We do. So yeah. I, I have one that I'm, I'm kind of excited, and I think it, it falls in line with what we usually talk about. It's called No Notify, and it's $6 separately, or it's part of SetApp if you subscribe to SetApp. And what it does is it allows you to set Do Not Disturb notifications per app in, on your Mac. Oh. Yeah, huh. so if you, if you want to block out text messages, but you're waiting for an important email to come in, you can do that. You can turn off text, and you can turn on... Um, your email notifications or any application in the system. If you're waiting for Slack to, to ding you about something, you can turn that on or turn it off. It's really cool. So it specifies um, based on what apps you have on your Mac and allows you to turn on and off the Do Not Disturb notifications. Nice. Oh, that sounds really cool. cool. Huh. The things the kids think up these days. <laughs> yeah. Carrie might. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was, I was going to say, speaking of the kids, I, was, uh, so I follow uh, Matt Casanelli on Twitter. He used to work on um, the team, the workflow team, uh, and then Apple bought shortcut, uh, bought that and turned it into shortcuts. So he's well into the shortcuts mm-hmm. realm. And he tweeted this video today of, of this girl on TikTok who turned using the shortcuts widgets, um, turned her home screen on her iPhone into Windows 95. And it's the coolest looking thing. We've, it's what? so dopey. Look. It's so funny. So basically what she did was she she created a shortcut for each app. That So when you tap the shortcut, it just launches the app. And then replaced the glyph icon with, I guess, an SVG of an old Windows 95 icon. So she put this <laughs> app and used like the old Windows 95 notepad icon as its, as its glyph. And it's got a blue background behind it. So it blends in with that teal Windows 95 background. It's oh, wow. so funny looking. Oh, my gosh. oh wow. That sounds <laughs> amazing. Yeah, it's great. I, I, I kind of want to do that to my phone. Now. And like a really bored kid. Yeah. <laughs> because that kind of that kind yeah. of nerdy creativity only comes out of extreme boredom. Well, apparently, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know this, but like I know even among a lot of Apple people, shortcuts isn't widely used. I know certain like... Um, um, I, I don't. I don't use it. I, I, I tried to figure it out and I couldn't. And so I, I stopped. Yeah. And I know like Federico Vitici and David Sparks, they're big shortcuts users. Um, but outside of like a small niche of, of power users, most Mac users, at least in the US, don't use it. But kids and um, people living in Asian countries are really using the heck out of it. And they're yeah. doing this really cool creative stuff um, and posting the videos to TikTok on how to do it, which is fantastic. So now I got to go on TikTok. Um, while I still can, and and figure out how to do this. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. that brings me to an, to another thing, right? And that is that shortcuts is you know designed to 
smooth or eliminate pain points. Right. Right. You know, this thing takes so many steps. How can I make it one tap? You know, this thing, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, in order to do this thing, I, I always have to do, I have to go this to that, to this, to that, to this, to that. Right. How do I, how do I do that with one tap? And that's, you know, and that's great. I don't have an, like, I, I never seem to run into those pain points myself personally. So mm-hmm. like there's, there's, so part of my um, inability to kind of get into shortcuts was mainly like, okay, what problem am I trying to solve? Right. Yeah. And, and I, and I, th- I think that, you know, and, and I've, I've discussed this before. So anyone who's followed my work for some time, know I used to write this blog called minimal Mac. Um, and that my approach to technology is decidedly, um, I, I like to say Amish, um, <laughs> that, that, that I, I wait a very, very long time before adopting anything new. Um, and anything new that I do adopt has gone through a period of having to prove its usefulness to me. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, one of the things when approaching new technology, one of the first questions that runs through my mind is what problem does this solve? Right. Right. Because it, it, you know, technology should either a solve a problem, you know, you have. Or B, solve a problem that you didn't know that you have, but in fact you have, right? Right. Um, you know, I don't have a problem with with uh, a, a good example of this is is um, smart home stuff, right? Um, so much smart stone, smart home stuff seems to be designed to solve a problem that people don't have <laughs> right but it's just cool right mm. so for instance um in my basement uh there's you know a number of lights throughout the basement it's you know my, the footprint of my home is uh, i live in a uh a queen anne victorian so it's it's a fairly large house and thus the basement is fairly large and thus there's a series of lights throughout the basement and um, so when you'd go down to the basement, it'd be really dark and you'd have to kind of, you know, it, they're the pull lights where you pull the, the little string and you'd have to pull those as you kind of went along and, right. you know, and you're kind of going into this dark space to look for the string, to pull it down, go to the next part of the basement, which is dark and look for the string and pull it down to turn on the light. Right. Um, now you know, some people might say, "Whoa, well, you know, if you had a smart home, you know, you could like have that so that it turns on and automatically, you know, all this other stuff. It's like, yeah, but, you know, you can for, you know, $10 at the hardware store, you can get motion sensors that screw in between the socket and the light bulb that right. do the exact same thing. Yeah, and, I, I mean that's that's true, but that, that's still an automation. You're still yeah. automating the process to a degree. Yeah, I I have hue lights in the bedroom. I have hue lights in my son's room, and I have, um, I have they're not hue lights, but they're hooked up to a smart switch that's on our Wi-Fi in the the living room. And what's nice is stuff like uh, you know, we're on our way out the door, and I forgot to turn the bedroom lights off. I can say, Dingus, good night, and it'll shut every light off in the house. 
um, mm. that kind of stuff. Our our alarm system. I there's an app that they let you, that they let you use, and you can arm it remotely, which is great. Like I'll be in last night. I was in bed, and I forgot to set the alarm, so I picked up my phone and I set it from my phone. You know that I, I think that kind of stuff is great. And we have sure. we have the echoes around the house. This is before I stopped trying to shop on Amazon. But you know <laughs> you know even even simple stuff like being able to um, to string the audio throughout the house and listen to a song on the first floor. Uh, you know we don't have a Sonos or not, nor mm-hmm. can we afford home pods throughout the house. But, you know, we have the little echo dots and we have an echo show in the kitchen and, and that kind of stuff. And we can listen to music throughout the house that way. Um, you know, I think there that kind of, I, I love that kind of automation. Now I'm not going to get sure. myself a smart lock. I, I still don't trust them, you know, for the front of my house. <laughs> um, but there, there is a lot of, of home automation stuff for, for example, I have an automation that turns on the lights at, at uh, seven o'clock in the morning. Um, it slowly dims them up so it doesn't like shock my wife awake when she has to get up for work. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. I, I think sure. that's, that can be really helpful. Sure. But I, I would also, I would argue that number one, um, those are problems that maybe you didn't necessarily know you had, i.e. they were not like regular pain points until right. the technology presented itself with the idea of, Hey, maybe you could do this. Um, Secondly, the larger point of my story was instead of solving the problem that I had with the most technology possible, I solved it with the least technology possible. Right. And and that's what I always try to do. How do I solve this problem with the least amount of technology possible? How do I try to solve this this uh, this pain point with the least amount of technology that I need to solve it? And sometimes Sometimes that is still technology, but it's it's not, you know, smart technology or whatever connected technology. It's, you know, like a motion sensor, you right. know, that still is, you know, IR tripping a circuit. Um, you know, not yeah. IR, but you get what I'm saying, right? Is it's it's motion tripping a circuit, you know, it's technology, but it's the least amount of technology I I could think of to solve that problem. Yeah. And I I, I think this all stem like you said, this stems from uh, you know, a need you you can see that you have, and and a need that you didn't know you had. One need I had a couple of years ago was when I was querying my my last book. I the process to query a book, you know, you're sending an email to an agent, you're including your information, the query letter, usually sample chapters, a bio, and so every time I would do this, I'd be sending mm-hmm. out five or six at a time, and I would go into one of my previous query letters, copy and paste, change the names look for, you know, the the sample chapters that I had included, paste those in, and it was it was cumbersome, and it takes, you mm-hmm. know, 25, 30 minutes to put this all together and proof and mm-hmm. everything. So what I did was I built a shortcut, and the shortcut took me, I want to say, two hours to get right, but it saved me in the long run multiple oh, yeah. hours, numerous hours. Yeah, sure. So now when I run the shortcut, it prompts me, it takes the, the their email address that's on my clipboard, dumps it in, asks me for a Mr., Ms., or Mrs., um, you know, what or and, and then their name, um, and then allows me to select from a list, query letter, query letter, plus first chapter, plus first two chapters, you know, what a synopsis, and then dump it into an email and send it right off to them. And it's done in about two minutes. And so that yeah. has now saved me hours of time that I was doing that manually. And I think yeah. when you can leverage technology like that, and, you know, that's something that took me two hours to build, and, and I had to do a little bit of research into how to use shortcuts. But in the long run, I gained a better understanding of shortcuts to use it for more things later. And now I've been able to save myself so much more time when I need to query my next book. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and things like that are great. You know, I, yeah. I use Text Expander in, oh, in yeah. similar ways for, you know, um, 
you know, so, so, uh, uh, we we never really did go through like uh, the the nice little form you sent beforehand of the the, t- uh, the the questions you typically ask. So so people know what I do. Um, I'm I'm a writer. Um, I'm also a technology consultant, uh, mainly within the Apple universe of products. I've been doing that for gosh almost thirty years now. Wow. Um, you know, and so I help uh, individuals of. Uh, micro businesses and very small nonprofits with their technology, uh, with their technology needs. Um, and that is occasionally, you know, the odd WordPress based website design for them and things like that. Um, band, uh, kind of, you know, I, I would say as a hobby that, that, that most of the time loses us money, but, uh, occasionally, <laughs> occasionally makes us money, uh, is, uh, the home restoration work that I've, I've found myself doing without even realizing that that's what I do. But, uh, we, we currently own four properties. Um, and one of which, uh, uh, we bought, uh, last Christmas and are uh, in the process of, fixing up uh to sell it so that actually may may be the first one that really uh makes us money but then of course the chances are we're probably going to buy another one before that one's done and thus it'll just it'll just be a wash but it's like getting tattoos you can't stop it just one (laughs) (laughs) well you know the thing is is that um i you know i actually kind of enjoy the process and the work of doing that i i enjoy the kind of general contracting on it um i enjoy doing a lot of that work myself i enjoy you know, but most especially, I enjoy the idea that we're taking this house that has seen a lot of neglect, uh, uh, people haven't really cared for, um, and turning it into something that somebody will really love and will really see as a forever home for themselves. At least that's that's our goal and our hope, um, because we really do believe in this uh, very antiquated idea that uh, that a, a home is is something that you buy not as an investment or not as a temporary thing until your family grows bigger or whatever that, you know that you that you buy one home and you fall in love with it and you live there for your entire life and you pass it down to your children who then will uh, you know be in love with the home and will, right. You know what I mean? Um, so, so that's that's always what we hope will happen. I can't always guarantee it, but at least uh, with the three that we permanently own, that's the plan. It's got to be um, wonderful to see the the you know the progress and the before and after too. I mean, to to know that you took it from from one thing and and gave it the glow up, so to speak, and and now yeah. it's this beautiful new you know new floors, new appliances, all that fun stuff. Oh, and and. Um, you know, and w- so my wife's uh, master's degree is in historic preservation. Um, and so we are very, very attentive to um, how the work is done and that it respects the house. Right. And that the, you know, even when it comes to like redoing oh, the kitchen and you have to get new appliances. Sorry about the dog there. Um, and uh you know what's what's nice is that uh, even when it comes to things like new appliances and things like that, that's done with a tremendous amount of uh, of care. 
mm-hmm. um, yeah, we're not just going to be throwing any old thing in there, right? We're going to throw in something that's appropriate for for the feel of the house because uh, we, we want to maintain that, you know, the, the sense of its history and the sense of its age. Um, the right. the house in question I'm talking about is uh, an 1890. Um, and, uh, you know, and we want to make sure that when you walk into it, it still has the sense of an 1890 house. Right. Um, so, so yeah, so uh, this is what I do. Um, I, I even forgot how I got here. Um, uh, (laughs) well, Patrick, I want to ask you, my house was built in 1971. So should I have like an avocado fridge? And like yes. you know, a big green or yeah. pink toilet. I I I have I have said for quite some time that uh, you know trends have a have a tendency to come back around. Right. right. And the trend for the past decade or so has been stainless steel. Yes. Everyone wants stainless steel. And I've contended that twenty years from now. Folks are going to walk into a house and they're going to look around and go, oh, my God, look at all that stainless steel. We're going to have to replace everything with avocado green. (laughs) Um, But uh, in in general, uh, take it from uh, somebody who has has done this for a while. um, uh, You can never go wrong with white. White will always be in style. Um, White will will not be anything that anyone uh, walks in and uh, and wants to replace immediately. Right. Uh, you know, if, if you know, I've never seen anyone walk in and see a white stove or a white fridge or whatever. And uh, if white doesn't work, black is your next best thing, right? Yeah. Um, you know, the only problem with black is that black, it, uh, the the blacks that are made today tend to be glossy blacks that uh, you know. Uh, fingerprints show up on left and right. right. So, mm. so uh, what's great about white is that while you might think, well, white's gonna always look dirty, or no, in fact, um, white hides a lot of a lot of sins. Oh, um, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. So, so you know, fingerprints and uh, you know, uh, stains and things like that actually are easier to get out of white than they are out of just about any other color. Um, in any case, I, I digress. Bottom line is, what you want, Dave, is white appliances. But if you really, <laughs> but but if you if if you really want to maintain the sense of the home, uh, avocado green is not a bad way to go. Not a bad way to go. It's funny because when you thought of that, I thought there is always a like an opposite reaction, or um, I don't know how to describe it. Think of like punk and post-punk, or yeah. metal and rap, or yeah. even like. Uh, realism and expressionism. There's yeah. a point where I don't know if it's people just get tired of looking at or listening to the same thing and then they want a different thing. And then that different thing becomes the norm for 10 or 100 years and then they get sick of that and they want a different thing. So I think that's, I mean, is that how trends in anything from home decor to productivity habits to the sneakers kids want to wear? Sure. perpetuate how that circle that sure. cycle goes back yeah. and around and around well well and i i i think that um uh, that there are very few truly brand new things that come around yeah um, that's true right everything you know is a remix everything right. everything is a remix right even 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 metal is still just 
the blues done with distortion. Um, I, I mean, let's be it honest. Is, it, it is literally the same four chords. It's like, right. Exactly. Right. You know, and, and, and punk is, is, is metal except uh, done at speed. Um, right. So, so, I mean, you know, the, the, the truth, uh, the truth is, is that there are very, very few new things that come along. Um, uh, we, some would argue rap, right? Well, uh, rap was being done by uh, the Last Poets uh, in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. Um, a group called the Last Poets, poets that were doing uh, rap, and Jill Scott Heron um, that was doing rap over jazz, right? And, and you know, I mean, the, the 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 fact is, rap was not something that came out of nowhere, and even that stuff came out of the poetry of the um, Harlem Renaissance, right? And the kind of rhythms of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was intermixed with the jazz that was going on at that time. And those rhythms that came out of the Harlem Renaissance poetry, uh, uh, Nora Zeal Houston and, uh, and Langston Hughes and all of those folks, that's, that rhythmic stuff was coming out of jazz, which, of course, was grown out of uh, uh, African, uh, African roots music, right? And so all of this is to say that um yeah there is nothing truly new um and i think that because there's nothing truly new uh, we find we just we're constantly kind of pulling things out of the past and making them somehow somehow feel like today yeah. you know and I, I, feel- think it, I i think it depends on on who's do i mean if you get two different movements that are based on the same thing, but started by two different people, you're going to get two different things. I mean, you're, you're, you know, if you have Dexter Gordon blowing over autumn leaves and then you have Cannonball Adderley doing autumn leaves, you're going to get two different versions of autumn leaves that probably sound completely different. It's still autumn mm-hmm. leaves. It's still the same standard, but you know, you've got these two monsters who, who mm-hmm. play very different styles. You know, one, one is mm-hmm. very intricate and, and, and um, technical and the other one is very melodic and, and mm-hmm. um, you know, not slower, but you know, a little more. There's a little more fluidity to it, um, mm-hmm. and it's the same thing with you know, take bullet journaling. You know, bullet journaling isn't anything new. You have the the Dash Plus system. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's Ryder Carroll's bullet journal. I have this work mm-hmm. life task system work life going thing, which now. is interesting. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, I I hope thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, and, no, I I did not mean that interesting in the, in the Minnesota way that we uh, here at Minnesota normally say. Oh, that's heart. interesting. Um, no, no, no. I I meant that in a very authentic way. Uh, thank you. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it all stems from the same need to write things down and you know make to do lists and and organize our tasks. Sure. Well, and so let's let's uh, unpack uh, the work life system again. Even though I know you just did that last week, and that's how my my name came up, because uh, I uh, I believe uh, Dave brought it up, uh, kind of in in uh, in contrast or in comparison to uh, to my Dash Plus uh, system. Yeah, well, the Patrick flag started waving in my head <laughs> when Harry was talking about his goal with this system is for people to. St- Stop, stop using, using it. it yeah to no longer you need it yeah yeah and that was when i said oh my goodness yeah this is the most patrick thing i've ever heard Gary <laughs> say <laughs> well uh, yeah i mean I, I i think that that there's um you know that, that there's a lot to be said for that right i mean you know uh it's it, you know uh, we come back to what problem does this solve right mm. um right all 
almost all inventors invent things to solve a problem that they see they have and that if they have likely other people have as well right right and you know ultimately you'd like whatever you invent to make the problem go away right <laughs> um uh and it seems to me harry that you know that the whole core behind this is to try to ensure that you're not doing work things during time that should be either be personal or family related. Right. So I, I came from a background. I had, I had spent 10 years in legal marketing. And so in that industry, especially in New York City, um, I had been conditioned. You know, they, they gave us the option when you start, you can either have a firm-issued cell phone with your email on it or, you know, we'll give you a, a stipend every month and you can install the work email on your, your personal phone. And at the time, I needed the money, so I took, right, the, stipend took the stipend and, yeah. and I put the work email on my phone. And I, I had just conditioned myself because, you know, these law firms, we they're, they're global. We've got uh, offices in Asia, Europe, all over. And so when someone needs something, the inclination is that needs to be done. And the expectation is no matter what time it is, it needs to be done. And so I had conditioned myself to just be checking email until I literally closed my eyes for the night. And so I want starting a new job this week, I wanted to get myself away from that and to really retrain my brain, especially now that I'm, I'm it's a contract position, I'm hourly. So it's not, it's not even like I can do anything after a certain hour, but just like the knowledge that my email is still going and I should probably check it just to know what's coming the next day. I'm trying to get out of that, that mindset. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I still I still found myself doing it at six thirty, seven o'clock. Like, let me just peek in and, and see, you know, <laughs> what's going on. I'm I'm not there yet. I just started, but you know, I'm I'm really trying to, to push myself to not check. You know, it's not like I can do anything about it anyway. You know, I'm hourly, I'm only allotted a certain, you know, forty hours a week and, and no more, um, unless they say otherwise. So me checking my email doesn't really help anyone. It's not like right. I can do anything about it. So I'm trying to retrain my brain to not check after five o'clock. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and, and so, yeah, it makes perfect sense that you would develop the system that would help you keep track of those times when you were failing at that so right. that you can improve. Um, and that, th that, uh, the, the goal of it is not only for you to kind of track those things, but to f help foster a habit. Right. Exactly. To, to help retrain yourself to do to do a different thing. Um, I created Dash Plus with the goal of of I, I go to meetings, you know, several meetings a day. Sometimes I take these notes. What what do I do with them? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like 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 within these notes is a mixture of things I've been asked to do. Or things I've, you know, been, you know, uh, you know, that I've pledged to do um, kind of data points that are important for me to remember or, or know uh, at a later time or for the task that uh, that involves them, um, you know, uh, kind of 
random asides or this person said they were going to do this um, or when I'm done with this with this task, I should hand it off to this person. And so that's what Dash Plus is for. It was never meant as like this whole like task productivity system. Mm-hmm. No, this is an after after action report. Right. This oh. is this, this is now that I've gone through and taken all these bullet points of notes. Let me decide now in a few minutes, go through them and decide what they are and where they belong. Right. Right. And take those tasks that belong on a task list and put them on a task list. Right. Take those, those items that are simply, you know, kind of data points or notes and put those into a, you know, notebook or a note taking program or what have you, mm-hmm. you know, where I, where I keep that information. And let me take these things that either have been deferred or have, you know, or will get delegated to somebody else. I want to know, oh, I delegated, delegated this task to this person mm-hmm. so that then I can know when to follow up or going on my task, look, I, task list, task list. <laughs> I can say, <laughs> I, really, I, I, I'm, I'm good at English. Um, I'm a writer. Um, and so, uh, I'm not, I'm just not a speaker. Um, and so, yeah, that way I could even put on my task list, Hey, follow up with this person about this thing. Right. Then know that uh, that came from here uh, and this task that I delegated. Right. Um, and you know, I guess mine is not necessarily designed to make it so you don't have to use it again, but mine would you know, the dash plus is kind of meant to be a good middleman for, for tracking all of this stuff. Right. And, and, and making sure it goes to the place it needs to go. Exactly. And, and with my system, you know, it's not that you don't need to, use, to, to not use all of it at the end. I think the, the main thing is you don't necessarily need to, to track your time once you get to a point where you're leaving work at work at 5 or 5.30 in the afternoon and you're not checking it religiously. Uh, I think there, there's some really cool stuff in there. Like, you know, for me, doing the task is one part of it, but sending it back to who asked for it is the other half of that, which no other system I was seeing was was getting to and so you know Mm -hmm. checking off the box and then coloring it in once it's actually gone back to the person now you know that thing's done and off your plate entirely you don't have to think about oh i got to send that to susan in the morning um you know stuff like that you know you can what's great about all these systems dash plus bullet journaling work life you know you can pick and choose pieces of them and sort of lego your yourself your own kind of of journaling system and, and task system yeah just like i've said you know you know, choose the least amount of technology yes. to to fix the problem. Um, choose the least amount of you know productivity system uh, that you need to help you. Um, you know, and yeah, you know, I I, th- I think that there so many people get caught up in in oh you know GTD is the one true way, right? You know. Bullet journaling is the one true way that I'm going to adopt this whole hog and it's going to solve everything for me. Right. Right. And it's like, no, bullet journaling solved everything for writer Carol. That's the only person that really it was meant to ever solve everything. for. And and he says that in interviews. He says, "I, I didn't even tell anyone about this until my wife 
told me, hey, this might actually help other people. Like he was doing it just for himself. Right. Exactly. You know, but the idea is, is that you don't have to take these things whole hog. Right. Right. Um, you know, for instance, you know, I, I don't know how many people actually, you know, in the GTD arena actually really adopted the whole 43 folder thing. Right. <laughs> you know, we know I mean? Merlin did. Oh, <laughs> well, sure. Yeah. Yeah. He did. But you, you get what I'm saying, right? Like that you didn't necessarily have to do that right. piece of it if it didn't really fit into a need you had or fix a problem that you had. Right. You know, and, you know, things like that are, you know, um, uh, for the record, I actually have a 43 folder thing still. <laughs> um, but, but I'll tell you what it's really good for. Um, what is, what is really good for, uh, because I'm, I'm a paper guy, um, um, is like bills mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and concert tickets. Right. You know, so Ooh, that like, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. you print, print off the event, event right thing because you're a Luddite like me and, and you don't trust, you know, your phone <laughs> yeah. being able to yeah. be oh turned God, on that, or have battery. Me. <laughs> so, so, so you print Everyone it out. Everyone's in line with their phone and I hand the guy the piece of paper. He looks yeah, at me exactly. like, thanks, yeah. Gramps. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny because my, my wife and I, my wife really likes to collect that stuff and like scrapbook it. And so she gets upset oh, yeah. when they don't even give you the ticket anymore. Like it's on an app oh, yeah. or you have to print it out. She wants the actual oh. physical glossy ticket with everything printed on it. Well, and remember when that, I mean, those used to be like an art form, like a yeah. work of art. These tickets would be beautiful. Yeah. You know? They'd be really cool. I, I still have some of my tickets from like old, uh, speaking Dave here, old Van Halen concerts, right? Yeah. Uh -oh. I, even like I simple movie. Too, I... Yeah, simple movie <laughs> tickets. Like, oh, Avengers Age of Ultron. I remember when I saw that. And, you yeah. know, just like I, I have an old Moleskine notebook with them glued in there. And like, I'll just flip through and like, oh, I remember seeing that and, yeah. you know, who I was with and all that. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, being able to like put those in on the, on the date and know where they are. Mm -hmm is is fantastic and being able to tell others where they are so you know if i'm not home and i'm going to meet my wife at the venue uh, talking pre-covid here of course right. um right you know I, 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 could, I, I could say oh it's it's in the folders right. you know and she would know exactly what i meant she would go right to the date she'd pull them out and boom there they would be yeah right that makes sense um, uh <laughs> one thing i think we can all agree on is that our days start with a fresh cup of coffee. Our sponsor this week is Bottomless, the best way to have great coffee while working from home. Bottomless is a smart coffee subscription. Instead of shipping you a bag every week or every month, they ship based on your coffee usage. The coffee is great too. It's roasted to order and shipped straight to you. How does Bottomless know when to ship? It's genius. They ship you a smart Wi-Fi scale with your first coffee order. You set it up with your Wi-Fi once, then just store your coffee on top. The scale learns from your usage and automatically keeps you stocked by ordering your next bag to arrive before you run out. The scale sends an alert before the order goes through, so you can modify the order or delay. It's battery-powered, lasts a year on a single charge, and is about the size of one coffee bag. You can store coffee in a container on top of it or just in the bag. The coffee comes from a network of excellent craft roasters across the U.S. It's guaranteed to be roasted to order, and Bottomless uses data science to pick you the very best bag. Signing up is easy. You'll be asked to pick a roast level, size, and price level. Then just buy the first bag of coffee, and the scale gets shipped to you, free of charge. Set up the scale with Wi-Fi once, and voila, amazing coffee at home. 
automatically. And of course, there's a deal for homework listeners too. If you sign up through bottomless.com slash homework, you'll get your second bag of coffee for free. Signing up supports the show, so if you drink coffee at home, head over to bottomless.com slash homework. Thank you to Bottomless for sponsoring homework. Hey, do you know what we call that in New England? Hmm. Wicked smart. It is wicked smart. <laughs> you know my favorite part of a, a, a New England colonial house? The dormers. I love mm. the dormers on a house. <laughs> <laughs> I watch a lot of this old house, and I just I, I embrace oh their God. accents so much. So great. So great. <laughs> oh, yeah, especially when they're in South Boston. Watch out. Yep. yep. That Tommy. I have an, <laughs> yeah, I have, an, I have an aunt from Bar Harbor. And um, what you're thinking of as the stereotypical Stephen King New England accent, that is exactly how my aunt Anna sounds. <laughs> That's terrific. That's awesome. <laughs> so now, I, I have to ask because I see behind you this gorgeous case full of books and this typewriter mm-hmm. behind you. You were in one of my favorite documentaries, The, the Minimalists. And mm-hmm. I want to know are you still a minimalist? Um, okay, so here, here's the story <laughs> about that. Anyone, anyone who's actually listened to um, the extended um, part, the, so when they released the film, um, if you, I forget what the deal was, but the platform they used to initially release it, like not on Netflix, but mm-hmm. if you went to their site and you bought the streaming package, oh. you also got these um, extra, extra bonus videos. And, you know, about 20 minutes longer with people who were in the film and even some from people that didn't make the cut. Oh, wow. Cool. Um, actually pretty cool. So, so, um, they actually interviewed me for three and a half hours Wow. that day of which three and a half minutes ended up in the film, just right. to give you an idea of how, how movies work. Um, and so, uh, and so, yeah, the, there's a 20 minute edit of that, um, out there, but anyone who's listened to that, anyone who's listened to the couple of episodes I've been on, on the minimal minimalist podcast, know, um, that while I myself consider myself a minimalist, um, I don't live with minimalists. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I live with maximalists. Yes. I live with people who are the exact opposite of me. I know your pain. <laughs> um, you know, um, and so I have to practice my minimalism in the in my own little areas, you know, in, in my wardrobe. In, in my wardrobe, you know, I've got one wardrobe, kind of IKEA wardrobe unit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's where my, you know, the totality of my clothes are. And, you know, I, I have a practice of, you know, every, every change of season, um, kind of editing out the things that I, that I don't, uh, that I don't wear or that I haven't worn at least in a, in that, in that season, you know, to really think about these things that minimalism is a, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a mindset, right? It's a, it's a process. It's not this, it's not this thing that automatically you're just, oh, I've got nothing and hey, I'm minimalist, you know? No, it's this constant, like thinking in the same way I do about technology, about needs and wants and, and, and what, and, and what's really important and what really matters versus what we we kind of want or what we think matters. Mm-hmm. Um, um, 
and uh, and constantly working through that. It's a constant just mindset that you then can apply anywhere. And in some places, it might make sense for me to have, you know, a uh, you know, I, I guess a, a good example is, um, it it may make sense for me to have five hammers, mm-hmm. right? Number one, they're five different hammers. For number number two, um, you know, two of those five hammers actually just remain at those places that I need them, right? Because I happen right. to have, th- you know, three properties, or well, I have four properties, but three that I actively that that we're keeping, and I can get into that in a second because the first thing he's got three houses. How could he be a minimalist? Well, you know, one. One of them we we rent out most of the time. Um, the other one is the house my dad lives in, and he's going to live in there till he dies. Mm-hmm. But we own it. Um, we take care of it. It's a house that I purchased for uh, seventy two hundred dollars and fixed up. Wow. Uh, uh, and then there's the house that we kind of live in full time. So I don't want people to think that like, oh, he's got three houses. He's, he's rich. And uh, no, no, it's not about that. It's about you know. And so. At the at the house we mainly rent out, I keep a stash of tools there. And the reason I keep a stash of tools there is so that I don't have to bring tools over if something goes wrong. Right. You know, same thing at my dad's place, right? Mm-hmm. I keep a stash of tools there so I don't have to, like, truck tools all around, right? Um, so it's a convenience thing. Um, you know, I've got three hammers here. And the reason being is because they're different hammers, I've yeah. got kind of standard hammer. I've got a ball pen hammer, which I use for those tasks that require that. And I've got a a smaller, uh, basically a you know uh, like a, a hammer for small penny nails and you know smaller things that you don't want to strike with the force of a standard hammer. Um, right. You know, pounding pictures into a wall where you want to be kind of gentle and tap it in um, without breaking the plaster. So it makes sense for me to have five hammers. Um, you know, that, that, you know, someone could come along and say, oh, Mr. Minimalist, you could just have one hammer and just use it for all those things. And, you know, you, what's, what's the big deal? Just keep the hammer in your car, drive around with it in your car. You can bring it anywhere. Why do you need to keep a hammer over there and a hammer? Yeah. I mean, sure. Yeah. You could say that. And yeah, there's some, some point to that and that might work for you. This works for me. Nice. You know, and so, uh, yeah, in answer to your question, uh, yes, I, I still consider myself minimalist. Um, I do not live with minimalists. I do not have a minimalist house. Um, I uh, might have a house um, with piles and piles and piles of shit we don't need everywhere. And it drives me absolutely insane. But I love them dearly. I love them. It's my daughter and my wife. And, <laughs> and, and that's what makes them comfortable and happy. And who am I to say, I love you, but I don't want you to be comfortable and happy. Exactly. Happy wife, happy life. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. And I, uh, I think some people hear minimalist and they think, you know, sell all your belongings and roam the earth like Cain and Kung Fu. And that's not, that's not necessarily what it means. I, I think as long as you are not cluttered by clutter and you are not, you know, burdened by having so much stuff around you, which I feel like I, between my son's toys and even my office right now is an absolute disaster area <laughs> and I need to purge, you know, I, I, I'd like to get to a point where it's, it's comfortable and it's still me, but I'm not drowning in stuff. Yeah. Well, and, and, and that's what I would like to get to a point, uh, 
too, but I know that I never will because I didn't I didn't marry that person, nor did we have a child. <laughs> no, uh, I've, I've got uh, ten rubber bins of Christmas decorations in the basement that I he, I have no say over getting rid of. They they stay right. they stay before exactly. I stay. Exactly. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but, you know, that's that's the thing. Right. And, and is that, um, you know, when, when people hear this, they may hear me complaining about it. And sure, you know, there's a certain part of it that just like ah, it's this constant <laughs> thing. But 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 um, I'm able to live with it and, and I'm able to live with it because because I have. I I've come to accept it, right? I've come to know that that um you know my wife's inability to uh to pass up a free light um we we, we you know we have lights are one of her weaknesses. And I'm talking about like, you know, like lights, like ceiling lights, like, you know, sconces, that sort of thing, right? right? You know, if if it's if it's beautiful and it's free, um, she has a very hard time saying no to it. Um, if she happens to come across one, um, that said for this house that I'm working on, we're not going to have to buy a single light. There you go. Right. But then they're going um, to use They're You know, they're, they're, they're out of your house and into your next and, project. Right. Exactly. Well, not all of them, but you right. know, certainly, you know, enough of them that, and you know, that then justifies all the other free lights, right? right? Like, like to her, you know, it's like, oh, but see, we did find a use for it eventually, even <laughs> though it sat around, it sat around now for 10 years. You see, we used it and that makes it, you know, and we didn't have to buy one. And right. that's how we, you know, the $7,200 house, um, we only spent about 30 grand or so, uh, 30, 35, um, between there, um, fixing that up. Right. Um, no, not bad at all. You know why? Because we had almost everything and we got it for free. I've seen kitchen renovations that cost more than that. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, you know, uh, we just recently, uh, installed a new flooring, uh, here on our, our second floor, um, that, uh, didn't have, um, you know, didn't, didn't have flooring. My wife, you know, in her infinite thriftitude, um, managed to find 500 square feet of one and a half inch red oak that had been reclaimed out of a 1950s house, uh, about, um, 45 minutes away. For five hundred dollars, wow! Five hundred square feet, denailed, reclaimed. Yes, yeah, that you up. know, old growth red oak for you know five hundred bucks, right? Um, and so yeah, I can't you know I cannot divorce the crazy making you know piles of stuff that come in that seemingly have no use from the things that eventually do have a use save us a lot of money and make us or somebody else very happy. You mm-hmm. can't have one without the other. And right. if you love somebody, you have to accept all of them. You cannot have the parts that you like and get rid of the parts that you don't. You have to find a way for those things that you don't like to find a way to at least appreciate them. And, yeah. you know, find, find a way to find a way to say that part of them is part of why I love them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
we've had this conversation about my wood pile. Mm-hmm. I have uh, what I call my scrap wood pile behind the tool shed, and it's pretty big. I am notorious for grabbing. If I drive around and I see a free pallet, it's going in the back of the car. <laughs> and it's going to my wood pile because I love pallet wood and I love wood piles. So yeah. this year, since we're not able to leave the house or go anywhere, we've been paying attention to the yard and doing yard stuff. And you at shot, one point, you were back there. The day is beautiful, by the way, Dave. Oh, thank you. And my wife pointed to it and said, what is this again? And I said, oh, that's my scrap wood pile. And she said, do we need this? And I said, yes. And she said, what for? I said, I don't know, projects. And she said, what projects? I don't know. But someday, <laughs> I might have a project. And then she started, there was like a beat. And she just said, what is this again? And she couldn't understand that. Why is this unsightly pile of busted up pallets behind the shed in the yard? Is it because I might I might need it someday? You're, you're a home improvement. I, you're a home improvement dragon. It's just that's, yeah. that's your pile. That's my hoard, and just leave it alone. I put it behind the shed. You don't see it unless you go looking for it. Right. And yes, rain gets on it, and raccoons live in it. But that's okay. I could shoo them away if I need to. Yeah. Do do what. Uh... You know, do what my wife does, and that is like, f- like find a use for it. Like what my wife does is she finds the houses, and then she can then justify the piles of house materials that she collects. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm not telling you to go buy a house. Um, what, what, what I, what, no, what, what I, I guess, you know, what I am saying is that you know, would would that pallet wood make a nice kind of raised bed uh, vegetable garden, for instance? Right. Right. Uh, there's a whole YouTube channel of a guy who takes reclaimed pallet wood and makes stuff like, you know, um, chests of drawers and wardrobes. And, and I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you couldn't tell it was oh, pallet am, wood. It's absolutely gorgeous aware. stuff. So, you know, maybe you can justify a whole trip to Home Depot to buy power tools and build yourself yeah. a, a workshop. Exactly. <laughs> I need a new saw. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, Makita compound uh, sliding miter saw, saw, 10 inch. Highly recommend it. Ooh. <laughs> Okay, I'm writing this down right now. Makita, 10-inch uh, sliding miter saw. Okay, got uh, it. it don't, don't bother getting one new. Uh, getting one new. Uh, I'm sure if you go on your local Craigslist or whatever, right. you'll find someplace on some on the Cape, some contractor that is looking to uh, or has replaced their tools uh, yeah. or from makita to dewalt or something like that right and you'll find it for far cheaper it'll cost about 500 new whereas you know that's all we have out here you know contractors and nurses see there you go so you'll you'll find it some for a couple hundred bucks and you'll be (laughs) you'll be happy they literally will last forever it's like you wait for them to a place to sell their old ones yeah exactly that's right it's what we believe in (laughs) it is so uh i don't think dave yeah, have you, am I here? I disappear. You're here. You're, no, no, okay. you're here. Yeah. Uh, did uh, I'm trying to keep the show moving along without me just yapping and yapping and yapping about uh, power tools. Um, uh, so, uh, is, do you have a, a tool of the week or or, or whatnot? Because you never got to yours. My tool of the week. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot. Sure. So, uh, my tool of the week. Uh, uh, hi, a... welcome to an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, as 
listeners know, um, I love I love me some bullet journal, and um, I'm holding out my lightsome, I think is how you pronounce it, um, that I've used for about a year now. And uh, I'm down to two blank pages, so it's time to get a new one. Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted to buy a new one because this is sort of the official bullet journal. Um, it has like bullet journal stamped on the front. And all the like the pages are pre-numbered, and some of the sections are pre-printed, so that's really really nice. You can just like get started. But I wanted to try a different something different this time, just for the fun of it. So I was uh, bopping around. Now, uh, Patrick, you know I like the non-standard sizes of mm-hmm. notebook, like the little mm-hmm. A5, mm-hmm. and the the Hobonichi Techo is, mm-hmm. is an A4 mm-hmm. or something. That's it's an, an A6, A6. right? So I love that. So I was looking for something because this is big. This is about as big as like a moleskin, maybe a little bit wider. Mm-hmm. And while it's, I love using it, you know, carrying it around is like I'm carrying this gigantic book. So I was looking for something that was in between that A6, which is a little small mm-hmm. and this thing. And I found this little uh, Baron Fig notebook mm-hmm. that is 5.4 inches by 7.7 inches. Yeah. So it's almost that's, right that's in between. Is. Yeah. Oh, is that it's their apprentice? It's shorter than a moleskin, but as wide. Is that their apprentice notebook? It is the confidant. Oh, it's the confidant. Okay. Okay. Oh, the confidant. Okay. That's yeah. their standard. Yeah. 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 So I don't have it yet because it is en route. I um, have, yeah, I have several. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, if, if you like them, um, let me know. I could probably just send you a couple for, for free. Oh, that'd no be jo- great. So I'm very curious about the size because I watched um, some, a woman on YouTube talking about them, of course, and she had all three of these like in a stack. Mm-hmm. So you can see how the dimensions are different. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely shorter than a moleskin, but as wide. So it's mm-hmm. just like a little squat little thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm eager to give it a shot. Um, there's a couple nice things. It's dot. I pick, You can get dot or blank or lines mind. ruled and i don't like the rule because i feel like i'm in sixth grade and sister dolores is behind me and if i go out of the lines i'm in trouble like yeah, my yeah, trauma yeah, comes right back your hand ruler yes you can smack my hand so i always yeah. get the dot because i feel like there's no rules with dots just go to town <laughs> and the pages aren't numbered which is kind of a bummer because that's so important um for your yeah, index well, i'll have to do that yeah but there's a little pocket in the back, and um, I'm kind of eager to give it a shot. So I'm going to abandon the official bullet journal this time around. It takes me about a year I've seen to go through these yeah. and try out the Baron Fig. So it's kind of weird to recommend a tool of the week I do not physically have yet. But I'm very <laughs> well, much. I, I can I can vouch for them. They are they are very they are yeah. very well made notebooks. Um, I, I've like I said, I have several of them. I have several of their various special editions um, that they have done. Um, and, uh, uh, and in general, um, uh, I think it's, I think it's increasingly important to support good folks Yes, in this day and age where, yes. where, uh, y- you know, your, your dollars really, really are the difference between a, a small company, um, making it or, or, you know, mm-hmm. closing their shop, and the Baron Fig folks are very, 
they're good folks. They are. I, I know yeah. Joey, the founder. I, I've had coffee with him you several do. times. And I, I collaborated with them on their Mysterium Squire pen. I wrote the short story that went along with it. So yep. um, I've worked with them before. And oh, it's fun. That's really fun. Yeah. If you And if you get a chance, check out the Squire pens. I've got, I've got the Mysterium. I've got um, the Erasable Podcast did one that looks like a, a number two pencil. It's really cool looking. And then I've got a regular... Um, black squire pen or, or dark gray, dark silver, whatever it is. Um, and they're really phenomenal, really well weighted, um, beautiful mm-hmm. ballpoint pens. Yeah, nice to write with. Yeah, yeah, mm, nice. Yeah. So, um, so you guys yeah. are probably horrified tonight to know I just use a Pilot G two every day. No, I'm not horrified I mean, by that at all. Like those are the, the gold CVS standard for the longest. Now, for the longest <laughs> yeah. time, those those were the pens of GTD nerds everywhere. If you like those, check out the Zebra Sarasas. Those are also really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, very nice. Mm-hmm. I like that this pilot sits in my back pocket, and I'm sitting on it, and I'm getting in and out of the car, and you know, it's never been damaged, it's never been cracked or broken, um, so it writes well, but it also seems to be made of really darn sturdy plastic. Yeah, yeah. It means you, it'll probably exist in a million years, but they make a um, they make a mini version. Oh, it, they do. Yeah, it's about two thirds the size of the standard, and uh, so therefore it's very front pocketable. Oh, I didn't even know. I'll have yeah. to go look for that. Cool. And if you yeah. if you get a chance, I, I think JetPen sells them. Um, I know Kino Kunia uh, in New York, but on their website, I think you can buy them. Um, Pilot makes their their um, high tech C pens, and those mm. are really fun. And they come in all different sizes. I usually use the point three millimeter, mm-hmm. um, but they the ink dries instantly. I wrote a, a whole novel with two of them. Uh, they're phenomenal pens. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you you got two pen and paper nerds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love notebooks, but the pen world is still foreign to me. Like um, I like my G two, and I sort of stick with it, you know. But I I know I have that tendency to go down the rabbit hole and then just get real comfortable down the rabbit hole. Yeah. yeah. So I'm almost afraid to buy a really cool pen because then I know, you know, I've opened the floodgates and what one thing I... the race. One thing I've been doing because of COVID and, you know, when we go get takeout, I, I don't like to use their pens. I don't want to touch, you mm-hmm. know, what other people touch. So I carry a space pen with me everywhere. Yeah. I got the, oh, yeah. um, it's the red and gold. I call it the Iron Man pen, but it's, uh, I like it. it's beautiful. And it, you know, it, it writes upside down and underwater and all that fun stuff, but it's, it's so tiny. It just slides into my pocket and I'm good yeah. to go. And I can tell you for a fact, they survive a trip to the washing machine. They do. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is very clean for a while. Awesome there. to know. Awesome to know. So thanks for inviting me on the stationary podcast. Um, yeah. I'm your uh, host. Right. <laughs> Take it with Brad Dowdy, right? Uh, yeah. So Patrick, yeah. we've talked uh, for a long time. Um, I don't want to keep it too long, but there is one question from our outline. I really wanted to uh, get to you, uh, ask you. There's really there's really two here. Um, okay. You have a daughter you talked about. Uh, you have yes. a busy partner. Yes. Um, how do you get work done and also make enough time for the family. I guess like when does it get difficult? Jeepers. Jeepers. Um uh, yeah, we we are really really busy. Um and it's not just um you know so my wife is a uh a arts and nonprofit uh business consultant um and helps a number of nonprofit organizations kind of um with all aspects of the business side of their business um and that keeps her very mm-hmm. busy uh she's she's got um 
and especially um, in these pandemic times, as you can imagine, you know, she's basically trying to keep most of her clients uh, alive, um, <laughs> single hand. Yeah, right. So, um, so she's it's an especially stressful time for her. Um, uh, she also does uh, some historic preservation work. Um, uh, some project work in that um, that takes up a fair bit of her time. Uh, she is, um, you know, yeah, just it, it is not unusual for her to 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 bill um, anywhere between two hundred and two hundred and forty hours a month. Um, which is, you know, as you can imagine, just insane. Um, that means that the kind of work of a lot of the day-to-day stuff, uh, falls upon me. Um, I am, I am less busy. My time is uh, quite a bit more flexible. Um, and especially during, you know, these times when we want to limit, um, the number of interactions that my wife has because she has, um, um, a, a diagnosed susceptibility to respiratory illnesses. Um, and my daughter who has uh, heart issues, uh, I've been the one who has been doing, you know, and, and this was true beforehand. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not, it's not like anything's changed. It's just that this is one of the benefits of the way that we've worked out our lives. So Mm -hmm. I do all the grocery shopping. I do 100% 100% of the cooking. Um, you know, I do, uh, you know, I, I, I do, you know, a, a fair bit of the laundry and the day-to-day stuff. I'm the one who kind of keeps up with all the stuff at all the houses that needs to get done. Um, you know, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. How do we do it? I have no idea. Oh, and I should mention that my, that my, that my daughter, uh, pre-pandemic especially less so now um hasn't had an especially busy schedule she does um she does circus um yeah like mm-hmm. european style cirque du soleil style circus oh cool um uh, that uh, so she was involved in that she was involved in music lessons at both piano and guitar uh she uh was uh you know she's involved in girl scouts she's involved in uh in in theater um uh and uh yeah i mean just you name it she had something going on at least one thing sometimes two every night of the week mm-hmm. uh, and uh you know our weekends are generally packed full too um yeah yeah how do we do it how do we keep up i honestly don't know i don't know how we do that we managed to fit in like nice things like yesterday uh we um uh, around two o'clock, uh, Beatrix didn't have school yesterday because, uh, it was, uh, uh, conferences for her school. They have mm-hmm. kind of initial conferences at the beginning of the year. So we can get, get to know her, her advisor and kind of, you know, work together to kind of come up with what some of her goals are for the year and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so she didn't have school. She was going to go off and meet a friend, uh, in the park up the street. Uh, and, uh, my wife and I, uh, went to, uh, uh, local tap room um, has a new patio open. Uh, tap rooms are really big around here. You know, craft beer, 
mm-hmm. uh, tap rooms, uh, and almost all of them uh, since uh, since the pandemic have created these beautiful patio spaces. Well, kind of one of the last ones to kind of open up a nice patio space uh, just recently opened. We wanted to go check it out, and so we did. Here it is, 2 o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday, and we're sitting out on a patio in back of a tap room enjoying a beer. Um, <laughs> you know, and I, and I think that, I, you know, I guess the answer is that um, things are a lot easier for us because we kind of technically do work for ourselves. We're both mm-hmm. consultants. Um, we both have the ability to flex our time and to fit the things that we like to do um, into the things that we have to do or around the things we have to do. Um, it also does help that we really like what we do for a living and um, and that um, we don't necessarily see it as work. Um, I, I uh, you know, because we we actually enjoy it so much. Our uh, we had a meeting several months ago with our financial advisor, you know, who uh, was talking, you know, kind of going over our investment and this, that, and the other. She said, I've, I've, I've structured this plan with the idea that, you know, that you guys can retire uh, at age 60. And uh, we, we just kind of looked at each other and it's like, she, our financial conference looking at what, what did I say? He said, retire what's what what's that in this economy (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i said uh, you know so she's like well do you want me to structure it for 65 i said well i i don't know that it matters if you change it or not but we don't really foresee ourselves not doing what we do right because we actually love doing what we do Mm. and because we love doing what we do we like we don't like you can structure the plan however you want. You can make it 50, 55, 45. I don't care. I'm 53 now, by the way. Um, he said it doesn't matter. What matters is that that while you've structured it for that, do expect that we don't plan on really touching that stuff. Right. Like, it's nice to know that we can just stop working in, you know, five years and, and be perfectly comfortable for the rest of our lives. Um, that's that's very nice to know. And I, I understand what an extreme privilege that is. And that does not match up with 97% of most Americans. Um, but um, that's not what we're going to do. Right. I, I, I feel like it would be different if you, you know, you worked at a desk every day. You know, you you did the same office job and and you set yourself up that at 60, you know, you could retire, but then pursue the things you love on your schedule with the money you had saved up. But you've you're in this beautiful position where you don't have to do that because you're already doing it. Right. Exactly. And, you know, I talk about how busy my wife is and how hard she works and stuff like that. We're not doing it because we need the money. She doesn't do that because, you know, it, 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 in any way, like if she were to do half of that, it, mm-hmm. we, we would be we would be in the poorhouse or something like that, because that is certainly not the case. She does that because she absolutely loves it. And the same way that she can't say no to the free lights that she picks up here and there, she also can't say no to to the work that she is passionate about and right. to the needs that these organizations that she does the work for has. And when you hear her talk about these organizations, she never ever uses the word, the word them or, or, or they, um, it's always we, mm-hmm. I, 
trying to track what she's talking about, like what's going on with various work things is absolutely maddening <laughs> because, <clears throat> because you'll have to interrupt her in the middle and say, wait, wait, are we talking about the old we or the new we? <laughs> right? Oh, no, no. We're, now we're talking about this we. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> we, we switched. Uh, we, I was we six we's behind. In, in, yeah, I in, got right. it now. I got it now, yeah. Right. So, so, yeah. I mean, and, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I understand what an extreme privilege that is. Uh, I understand what an extreme privilege it is to say, yes, we're maddeningly madly busy, but we love every second of it. How do we fit it in? I don't know. I really would love to figure that out. I'm too busy enjoying it. Right. Um, to, to really, to really ask. Um, and so, yeah, we, we somehow find a way to make it all work and to fit it all in. And I don't have any answers for your listeners. And I feel horrible about that. Cause I'm, <laughs> I'm a weirdo. I am, I am not your normal, you know, um, your 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 normal in your normal position. No, I, I I think that's terrific, and and I think that's there's a lot there. I think people can take away from it. I think that's like a, a perfect place to to end the episode. Patrick, it was so good talking to you. I miss you, buddy. I'm glad yeah. you were on the show. Yeah, it sounds like good. you and your wife and the kids are doing good. So that's great to hear. Yeah, no, we're 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 doing we're doing fine. We're doing fine, despite everything that's going on in the world. You know, we we are in an incredibly privileged uh, uh, position and live an incredibly, uh, incredibly great life. And uh, one I wish uh, I wish everyone could. Not to say it's not without its problems and not without its frustrations. Mm-hmm. It's come along, but I just don't feel like I have any any right to complain about them when everything else is so good. So, Patrick, if people want to find you and your stuff online, how can they do that? Well, um, I um, blog almost daily uh, at mm-hmm. patrickrone.net, uh, P-A-T-R-I-C-K-R-H-O-N-E.net. Um, and that's uh, uh, kind of if you want to see me on a regular basis, that's where um, uh, I, I plan to be using social media uh, far, far less, uh, especially over the coming months. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, but I am active on Twitter as I'm as active on Twitter as I am anywhere. Um, like I said, uh, if you just want to see some of the home improvement project work, uh, that's uh, woe to wow dot com. W H O A T O W O W dot com. Um, and then uh, patrickrone.com is kind of the central hub to find uh, to find everything else from my books uh, to um, to everywhere else I am. So if you just end up there, heck, if you just stick my name into a DuckDuckGo or Google search box, please use DuckDuckGo. Um, uh, I'm going to fill up the first 10 pages. So, so <laughs> you're all you're everywhere. I'm every uh, you know. I, I've I've been doing this for a very long time. I've been online for <laughs> a long time. Is really what it comes down to. It's not so yes, much that I'm I've, everywhere I've, as much as it is. I've been here for a while. Yes, we've the. I think we first met over a decade ago in Boston. Well yeah. over a decade ago. Yeah, yeah, well over a decade ago. Yeah, yeah Jason Remus was there. That's how yeah, long ago he, that was. That yeah, I know. Jason Remus yeah. lives here now. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jason Remus lived right, with so me Harry, two years. I remember. So, Harry, where can we find your stuff online? Uh, uh, in one easy link, Linktree, linktr.ee slash hcmarks. You can find my blogs. Uh, you can buy my book there. So, yeah, go there, and you can find all my stuff. Curious Rat. Curious Rat. Is curious all right, everybody. Uh, yep. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Uh, it's been a great episode. We will see you back next week. And once again, thanks to Bottoms for sponsoring this week's episode. Until then, go get some work done. Bye. Bye. Yay.